already since we're we're already running late and you know I guess I'm not gonna perfect this before we go fully live and we're gonna have a little bit of undertone of the music during introductions hey everybody I'm Kisara nice to see you all again for our second episode of the podcast we also got uh show coming back how you doing show I am show the resident one-handed bard and summoner. I am physically unable to talk, so I use text-to-speech. I am also one of the officers in Tonberry Pie. Hey, hi, I'm Boomy. I'm also one of the officers here, and the resident caretaker, or housing caretaker, I should say. <laughs> And we have a special guest today. We have on our little register here our King Tom Barry, Miss Puzzle, also known as Tomato Cat. Stop! That's just me! <laughs> nice and simple with the introductions today because we're trying out some new stuff. Like everything kind of got screwed up on my end as soon as things get kicked off. That's wonderful. Maybe I shouldn't have decided to, you know, make it all special on episode two already. I should have put more status quo in there. Oh, well. <laughs> Goodness, I got so focused on what I wanted to do with the, the freaking flashiness. I completely forgot what we're, what we're doing first. Okay, yeah, let's uh, start off, I guess, FC for, for Pi FC stuff. Fun times. Um. Not much happened in the officer meeting this uh, this past. Was it last weekend, if I remember correctly? Weekend before. Weekend before. Okay, but uh, not much happened. We kind of just are. The one thing we majorly decided was to have like two more officer meetings before we before Stormblood came out, so we can prepare pretty closely. We're still getting closer to uh, a number of different things to prepare. Um, uh-huh. Don't think there was much else to speak of at that officer meeting and that's probably why this thing's mostly empty <laughs> yeah it was a pretty short meeting for the most part just sort of refining things it's sort of what we're going to be doing until you know release date mm-hmm. yep all right other than that we've got uh the raffle still going on unfortunately the last week was really really lackluster but the week before was a little bit up there but still no we still haven't crossed that threshold of uh to try and get uh, Locrin to get somebody a cash shop item, but I guess that's to be expected with the kind of lull that we're kind of hitting right now. One could say it's the pre-expansion jitters. <laughs> mm-hmm. We still got Alexander Knight that we still got to get through. That's something we did discuss at the meeting, but we didn't set a date. Hmm, we got to go back to that. Well, if I recall, uh, Mr. Boomy said he would <clears throat> organize that. Ah, that's true. That I do accept responsibility. I need to talk to Cyril. <laughs> Alrighty, and other than that, the only other event would be after Stormblood launch with the uh, one-year anniversary on the 25th, which we still are looking at what we're going to do in particular to make that special. But other than that, not much to speak of. The lulls are really hitting hard, I guess. Alright, yeah, the Final Fantasy fourteen news, not much new other than what topics we have today. Still, the release date is the 20th, nothing shifted there. The early access is on the 16th at 2 a.m. Pacific time. So that's 5 a.m. Eastern. So you can kind of situate yourself there when to pop on. Sorry, go ahead. Set those alarm clocks. 
Oh, yeah. You need to download all them patches. That's going to be the long part. <laughs> no, I take it back. The long part is going to be the queue to get in. Oh, man. No, don't tell me that. All the crashes. All the crashes. I guess we can go ahead and uh, jump into our first topic. As everybody knows, last week we had a uh, letter from the producer live, number 36. And I think um, there was a lot of information there. And I'm going to let show go ahead and uh, start to rattle some of that stuff off. On Monday, May 22nd, Square held letter from the producer live part 36. And it. Yoshi P dropped a goldmine of information regarding the changes coming to the game with Stormblood. Among the info he gave, he reiterated that cross-class skills are being abolished and being replaced by role actions. Role actions are actions that all jobs in a certain role can do. These roles are what we're all used to, tank, healer, melee DPS, range DPS, and caster. Examples of these actions are low blow, which is now a tank role action, as opposed to being a Dark Knight mobility, and Swift Cast which is now a role action for both casters and healers and rightfully so. One role action that I didn't see coming was that all the melee DPS jobs can use Goad, which used to be an ability for Ninja. This means every melee DPS can give TP. I believe Kisara is going to go over what Reddit has translated from the tool tips later on. Yeah, but I can get some screenshots for you now. Nice and flashy. Look at all them cross-roll stuff. All in the Japanese. Get your weeaboo hats on. I mean, just looking at some of these pictures, we've got, you know, obviously the stuff the show already mentioned there uh, with Swiftcast and a number of other things. We've got uh, Cleric Stance staying as a cross-roll setup. Protectus cross-roll, looks like. Surecast. I'm not sure why we're going to keep Surecast. What else we got here? I mean, I noticed that there's a purple Shroud of Saints, so we'll find out what that is. And that's on Caster's list, too. Uh, yeah, just, I'm pretty sure. Just, just to, in case people are kind of like in the losses, which one's which. Uh, upper left, you have the Paladin, so that's the tank. Uh, range is the lower left. Healer, upper right. Melee, lower right. And then the middle is the Caster. So, yeah. I mean... I'm trying to I'm trying to look at some of this stuff and I'm like, okay, second wind for the for the physical stuff now, which is good. That means machinists will finally have a self heal. Just I'm doing this based on pictures. To be fair, we'll we'll go into what was translated from Reddit later on, so it's more detailed because some of the tooltips came up and that's more important. Um, goodness, there's a lot of stuff in here. Maybe I should wait for the the Reddit part later. <laughs> I wanted to say more about this stuff. Apocalypse is going to be interesting for a cross class, but we'll see what happens. Might be the same as with, you know, how viruses and, and eye for an eye where there's like the cooldowns on that stuff. Actually, no, eye for an eye doesn't have the cooldown. I'm being ridiculous. Oh, well, next up. Go ahead, show. Yoshi P also commented on the known removal of some actions. Using in-game footage, he explained that some abilities have been removed while others have new icons and new names. One example of this is the fact that Quelling Strikes has been replaced by a new skill called Diversion. He also confirmed that the Black Mage skill Monet Wall was removed. So, I don't really feel that bad about never getting Quelling Strikes now, as the caster main. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never had to use it. Uh, however, I'm really scared that I'm going to lose the ability 
to raise people as a summoner. Agreed. Granted. But the only thing I'm going to put out there is I'm not sure if... I mean, the stuff that I get being removed permanently, at least as far as evidence is concerned, right, uh, is the stuff that either we've seen their 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 layout in, in the in the live letter or obviously the stuff that's on the cross roll stuff because why have it twice, right? It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, but then, I don't know, because diversion... That was part of the Crosswell stuff, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. That's why I'm like, maybe that's just the Crosswell version of Quelling, but, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm just, I, I'm more of a yeah, really, sh- show me evidence before I believe it type person. Yeah, we really <laughs> don't know how it's going to be until, like, like Yoshi P said, when we log in, we're probably, the first thing we're going to be doing is readjusting our bars, removing stuff and putting new stuff in, so that's going to be interesting. They used up development time to put in a new icon for the stuff that's no longer there. So make use of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's up? They also showed off the new gauges that are replacing the timers come storm blood. Each job has its own gauge or gauges with their own appearance. While they definitely are very visually striking. My only concern is that worry that the gauges might be too much or too striking. I can definitely see that being the case for some players. I got some screenshots for that too, but you're gonna have to give me a second now. I mean, after watching the uh, <clears throat> the job action trailer, some of them are yeah a little bit more uh, distinct than others. I really hope that you can scale the one for samurai at least, so that uh, the symbols don't like you know take up like a third of your screen. Yeah, you can you can adjust them on your HUD layout. You can make them as big or as small as you want. Ah. Yeah. Alright, just about done. There we go. Don't they look flashy? I don't Oh, wait, no, there it is. <laughs> you're on delay, Boomy, come on. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, there's a bunch of different ones, and I, I agree with Boomy. If they make them as large as, obviously, Yoshi P made them in, in the live letter, then yeah, they're they're going to be in the way. But he actually went into the UI and made it larger, so... If you have been looking at the job gauges from the screenshots uh, that Yoshi P had, he made that, I think, as large as possible. So it's it's able to be scaled down and hidden yeah, even I think if you don't want he, it. Okay. I think he's pretty much trying to tell people, hey, no excuse to say I don't see it. <laughs> and actually, uh, for those that were using the regular bar, that's still kind of in play even with all this stuff. Especially important things that other people need to see because other people can't see these bars for you. Yeah. But yeah, I'm interested to see how some of these new mechanics work. Someone brought up that basically due to – and it's probably due to the way the bar is and that's what we were paying attention to the most during the um, the new actions video. But it looks like that summoners won't be able to use their Dreadwyrm, uh stacks until after they finish all their Aetherflow stacks or vice versa. Sorry, something like that. You can't you do – Oh, no, I remember now. I just, it, it locks out the Aetherflow stack, so you cannot get more Aetherflow during Dreadwyrm Trance. That's what it was. I also found it a little strange that, like, the minute he went into Dreadwyrm Trance, he used it automatically. I was just like, what? There's more things to show, Puzzle. We already know what the stuff in Dreadwyrm Trance looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a fair point. Like, the only things they really showed off in that video, and we'll get into more detail a little bit afterwards, but is either new techniques or reanimated techniques or just techniques that 
flow into those new techniques, something like that. Except for Red Mage and, and Samurai, which they showed everything because we haven't seen jack shit. <laughs> anyway, next up. We also saw some of the new job actions, and some seem to be grounded in technology, which is fitting, considering where we're going and who we're fighting. Yoshi P confirmed that Bard and Machinist are losing their cast times because the community didn't like them. Although I am one of the players who did like the cast times. Scholars can now channel their aether to make their fairies tether to a target and continuously heal them. White Mage can now rescue party members, which pulls them toward the White Mage. Oh man, just some of the, some of the things that they showed in that video though are, are crazy. Like, you know, for a second there, I was thinking about switching to Red Mage, but then, ah. Oh. We, we need to we need to pull that up on stream. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but we'll, we'll we'll take a look at it a little bit later because that's a whole other can of worms to take a look at. I know I am like super excited the fact that I used to main bar in two point and I gave it up three point because ugh, I was so angry at Yoshi Fee for that because bars are supposed to be mobile. No, no cast times. <laughs> but the Actually, Bomi. funnily enough. I know that I finally now know that I am not the only person who picked up Bard after the cast time, and I'm very happy about that. But it's okay. I, I will say it's okay doing it that way though, because you weren't familiar with how it was before. But I was familiar with how it was before. I didn't like it before. But that was just me. I, I understand that it had its niche in there, and that's why I didn't, you know say suck it up to all the bards that d didn't like the cast time either but by the same token i'm sitting just, there like i just feel like if you pick up bard only at 3.0 you don't you, you don't have that sense of having your mobility stripped from you puzzle <laughs> because you never had it puzzle you completely <laughs> forgot that i am a compulsive leveler I got all my <laughs> battle classes to level 50 before Heaven's Word, so I know this. Fair enough. Now, I can't speak for everyone who decided, as you mentioned, to, to do that, to start Bard in Heaven's Word, but as for me, I did everything. I hit all of them to 50 before Heaven's Word, except for crafting and gathering. That's the one thing that, you know, I didn't experience that beforehand. But battle classes, I did everything before Heaven's Word. So I'm very much aware of how it played before, and it drove me nuts because I couldn't keep up with the cooldowns. But then I'm also on the fence of, do I main White Mage? Do I main Bard? Do I continue at my Summoner? So mm -hmm. many options now. I know. But let's see what else was during the live letter, and maybe we discuss it more in detail. Go ahead, Joe. We were also informed that Stormblood will have as many or fewer buttons than Heaven's Word had. One way that they're accomplishing this is that upgradable spells will be consolidated into one button. The first example given was Dwight Mage's Stone. As you receive the subsequent spells, they'll replace Stone on your hotbar, Stone 2 will replace Stone, Stone 3 will replace Stone 2, and Stone 4 will replace Stone 3. However, Single-target spells will only replace single-target spells, and AoE spells will replace AoE spells. So, on Black Mage, Thunder will be replaced by Thunder 3, and Thunder 2 will be replaced with Thunder 4. 
Can I have a hallelujah? Summoners are maxed. Bad time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they're going to do that with Ruin, though. Like, Ruin 1, Ruin 2, and Ruin 3 all have, like, distinct purposes in the rotation. That's something that did, uh, that made me curious, too, with Scholar, because when we see in the video, it looks like they're going to cast Broil, but something else happens, so it might be a different kind of Broil, like a Broil 2, let's say. And, Boomy, we don't know what Ruins we're keeping. He might be getting rid of some and condensing others. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. And remember, at the end of the day, it's not getting rid of anything, because when you get level synced, so for sake of argument, uh, Stone 3, right? For White Mage, because that's the one we know that is going to get condensed all the way from Stone 1, Stone 2, Stone 3, right? Um, mm -hmm. In particular, what's going to happen is when you get level synced below the level that gives you Stone 3, you will only have Stone 2. If you get synced below Stone 2, you will have Stone 1. So you will always have access to these things, but it just depends on what level you're at. So Correct. open world stuff, obviously you're going to have stone. It looks like stone four based on the freaking uh, video, which we'll get to again. But for now, you know, we'll have to just see how it plays out. And I do agree with Boomy to some degree because while Ruin 1 and Ruin 3 are very similar, you know, aside from the cost, you know, because that was kind of the, the big difference between the two. Ruin 2 is completely different in the fact that it's instant cast. So to lose that is going to be a little strange. Yeah, That's why I'm I wondering mean, if he's going to, like, condense one of those into just one. Who knows? I, 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 don't, I don't really think so. Uh, just because Ruin 2 is an instant cast, like, that kind of, like, I don't know, it plays an important part in my rotation. Like, every time I cast, like, an off-GCD ability... It's uh, brought in with the Ruin 2. Remember, rotations are going to change. Yeah, that's true, but I don't know. It's not the same exact spell, like in the case of Stone. Mm -hmm. Alrighty, next up. Ooh, wait, no, actually. They also went over some of the changes made to the stats. First up was the most useless stat, Parry. They have completely removed Parry as a stat and replaced it with Tenacity, which increases your damage output, and lowers your damage taken. With Stormblood, Battle Dance Material 5 is now Tenacity plus 12, and Block now affects all sides as opposed to just the front. Accuracy was also removed as a stat. Now, when you attack an enemy that's the same level or lower than you, head on, your hit rate is 100%. If you attack that same enemy from the side, your hit rate will be raised to over 100%. However, if you're afflicted with the buffs like Blind, your hit rate will be lowered, so you need to take it off quickly. Accuracy has been replaced by Direct Hit, which connects more frequently than critical hits, but deals less damage than a crit, and from what Yoshi P said, Direct Hit also raises Determination. You can also get a crit and a direct hit at the same time. Heaven's Eye Materia 5 is now direct hit plus 12. Piety is also now a substat on healer gear, instead of a main stat. It was confirmed that the tank DPS formula will include strength, but right side accessories will now be role specific, so no more putting monk rings on your tank. <laughs> 
Yeah, the big changes here. The only thing I'm wondering in particular with this change is with direct hit because you said that you could get a direct hit at, and a crit at the same time. So, I mean, people are already questioning what the new stat weight stuff is going to be, but it's like, roll it back. We have no idea. <laughs> like, they're already starting to, like, theorycraft what would be, you know, the better weight for summoner and this and that and the other. It's like, okay, but that would be all based on what we know now. Not only what we know now about those stats, but what we know now about how to play this, the current classes. They might change up entirely to the point where it's almost useless to even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because, I mean, the other thing I was thinking of in particular is, you know, obviously some of the tanks are <clears throat> warriors <clears throat> are getting a little salty at the fact that, you know, everything's going back to strength, but they have no way to, other than materia melding, put strength on their gear. Or extra strength, I should say. You know? Yeah. So it's it's just one of those things that, you know, people are already starting to try to pick it apart, but it's really difficult to make that discernment without more information i mean i was never a min maxer really so uh i'm just gonna throw stuff on there (laughs) maybe hit a like a speed cap or something squeezing that extra ruin three but yeah okay so go ahead show ground mounts will have their speed increased in two stages the main scenario and a side quest afterward, in each zone. Yoshi P showed off the full speed increase by racing a mount with the current base movement speed, and it was so much faster. They also went over the changes made to PvP currently, you have to be level 60 to participate in PvP, and all of your PvE skills work, which makes it overwhelming and difficult to play for some. That is changing in Stormblood though, as anyone level 30 or above can participate, and you'll have PvP-specific hotbars. These hotbars will have PvP actions that will only work in PvP and have a special button border. Each job will have 9 actions, although Yoshi P did say that some jobs will have 10, be able to select 2 additional actions and 3 traits, and have an adrenaline rush. The positional requirement for melee DPS will be removed, and combos will be consolidated into one button, much like how upgradable spells will work. I am quite happy about the separate PvP bar. It'll make things so much easier. To ha- especially like because like when you're a noob in PvP, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You really don't. So it's going to make things a lot easier for people. Everyone should just roll Paladin and chain stun everything. Also, I'll probably take a moment to remind you guys that if you're doing Shatter and you don't have that teal mount yet, do it now. Because come expansion, people won't be doing Shatter no more. Ah, that's true. I mean, unless they're doing the roulette. Did you guys kind of forget that there was a PvP roulette there? No, I'm aware that there is, but it's still, it's not going to be popping as quickly as it's been. It's going to take probably, it's going to be pretty slow. Oh, I'm sure. But I mean, back when I was doing PvP just to try and get anything, but, you know, bleh, I did uh, a lot of the roulette. I, you know, and I got some of the uh, the old 2.0 um, front lines. So it's not like it doesn't pop. It's just, it's probably due to the fact that 
not only are more people obviously queuing for the most recent one, but also of those people who are queuing for roulette, there's only four different maps currently. <laughs> and you also got to think about it like this. Like, it might be popping, but are you going to get wins? I mean, I don't think it's really going to be that big of an issue because with these proposed changes to PvP, like, you don't, like, it doesn't really matter which one you do anymore. Like, no, before, like, front lines used to be, like, level 50, and you, no one wants to be level 50 again. So, <laughs> it would, uh, you know, do the Heavensward one well, instead. Well, Shatter's level 60 anyway, but, I mean, yeah. coming to expansion, there might be a new Shatter, and people might not want to run the old one anymore. So it's going to slow down significantly. I mean, I think in the expansion, it'll actually get better. Especially for, like, the level 50 ones, because since everyone's go every class is going to have those nine skills, like, level won't really matter anymore, which is kind of awesome. That would be good for the 50 ones, because I think the 50 ones are definitely dead right now. Yeah, and it'll be good for the 60 ones, too, come Stormblood. It won't, they won't necessarily get replaced by, like, you know, the new map. It'll just be, like, a new map. More game modes, more varying like objectives and whatnot. I don't know. I like the direction that they're heading. Yeah, I think it's all good. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we, we just like with the regular MMO setup, new players are the lifeblood of it. So if you can't get any new people in there, you're gonna get screwed. Yep. Alrighty, show. Go ahead. Finally. They talked about a touchy subject within the community. The addition of jump potions, items that let you skip certain aspects of the game. In a nutshell, their reasoning is they're implementing them so people can play with friends quickly. There will be two categories of these items, one for the story, and the other to level battle jobs. The scenario shortcut item will let you skip and automatically complete the main scenario, and will exist in two flavors, Tales of Adventure, A Realm Reborn, and Tales of Adventure, Heaven's Word. Tales of Adventure, A Realm Reborn clears up to patch 2.55, while Tales of Adventure, Heaven's Word clears up to patch 3.60. There are some caveats however, your Chocobo's name will be auto-generated. Your grand company will be that of whichever city-state you started in, and, while all the main scenario dungeons will be cleared, only certain site dungeons will be cleared. As for the prices, Tales of Adventure, A Realm Reborn will be $18, or £13.32, but Tales of Adventure, Heaven's Word will be $25, or £18.50. The reason for this is because it also clears Realm Reborn. Both will be available on the MOG station starting June 16th. Just in time for early access. The job level boost item raises one job to level 60, and will be available for all battle jobs except Samurai and Red Mage. The item will be called Tales of Adventure, insert job here. So, for example, Let's say you wanted to do Paladin. You'd purchase Tales of Adventure, Paladin. When you use the item, you get a full set of level 60 gear including weapon, 
although it's currently unknown what kind of level 60 cure it is. Law? Esoterics? Lore? Scripture? All the job quests will be cleared. You will learn all the actions, and you will be granted access to the Hall of Novice. The item will run you $25 or 18 pounds and 50 pence, and like the scenario shortcut item, will be available starting June 16th. The only limitation is that each account can only have one job level boost item until patch 4.1. Oh man, I mean, I know a lot of people aren't really fond of the idea of having like shortcut things, but I think that it'll actually help the game quite a lot. Like bringing in a lot more players and like shit, helping people that don't want to level that one class. <laughs> and I don't really think it'll impact, you know, the overall skill of the player base that much because, oh, I'm just going to do the roulette right now. It, it won't matter. I mean, my bigger issue is less with the leveling potion because, you know, once I thought about that in particular, the fact that you could, you know, someone who's not, you know, so leveling inclined like I am could level a particular class that they want uh, to try out. That's fine. You know, that's not a big deal for me. And it wasn't even a big deal for me with the with newbies maybe joining in and wanting to jump to level 60 really quick. But the biggest issue for me, and this is only because I like the story that much, is the story skipping potion. Because it's just like, that's like at least half if not three quarters of the reason you play this game. The story is just that interesting. True, but I don't know how many people I've run into that are like, oh, I skipped the story. I mean, we already got somebody in, in RFC that, that skipped the story anyway. I know that there's going to be people that are going to be like that regardless, but there are going to be some people that if they have the choice, they're going to be like, yeah, I'll skip the story because, you know, I came from, for sake of argument, like, wow, and, you know, that the past story doesn't make any, you know, doesn't impact anything going forward. But it does. In this game, it really does, or at least so far, to be fair. Hell, I've been surprised with how much they've been digging up freaking... um Stuff that I forgot from A Realm Reborn in Heaven's Word, like late Heaven's Word. <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be pretty cool if they gave like a cutscene or something, if you used it, kind of like recapping everything that happened. But like, yeah. I don't know, I, I know some people like the story is actually kind of like a turn off for them. Because it's a lot. Like, it's, it's a lot to do. It is the majority of the game. <laughs> not the majority of the game, but you know, a large portion of the game. Actually, that does remind me for, for in particular. Scene. Yeah, yeah. But it does remind me of when Mass Effect three came out in particular. But oh no, no, you want to know what two? Because two was the first one you could get on PlayStation. I know exactly and, what you're talking about. Yeah, they had like a pseudo comic book thing after you chose, you know, whatever was supposed to have happened back in, in, in Mass Effect 1 for you since you couldn't play it on PlayStation. And they kind of showed you a comic book of, of like, recapping that story because all of what happened there was supposed to have been, you know, super important to things that may have shown up in both 2 and 3. So actually, if they do that, then my, my argument then is moot. If they have at least some way to recap the story 
for these players that are skipping the story so that you know they don't have to sit through the the minute minutia details but enough to get the overarching plot then we can feel a little bit better about it and if they well, do that well he did say well he did say that you'll be able to um go back to the unending journey and watch whatever cutscenes you wish oh yeah there's that but that's that's not the same i don't ever go back to watch those cutscenes unless i want a screenshot or something like going to watch a particular thing where i was supposed to go in as a uh, a freaking uh, disciple of War or Magic, and I go in and I'm one of the Disciple of the Hands for funsies to watch, you know, my, my leather worker try and take on Ifrit or some shit like that. But uh, it does occur to me, uh, or, or what was I going to say? It was the, if they get the recap, they better, like if there's an actual recap and not, oh, they can always go back to the, uh, the, the little book thing to ch- check out all the older cutscenes because they're unlocked for them. If they force at least the the recap to be watched, you know, a simplification of the plot. It's it's nothing over ten minutes, let's say, especially with how long this plot is. Um, they better not skip over Harshafon, because there are some people that didn't skip the story who still don't know who Harshafon is, and I'm very disappointed. Uh-huh. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was Corey's husbando until you know what happened happened. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she has her altar. Oh, yeah. Cognizant does bring up a good point that um, he picks and chooses. He says basically, because he's been playing through the story, and he picks and chooses what he wants to skip and doesn't skip. But because some of those stories are the turnoff and his detail is some of it feels like filler. And they don't feel like there's that much detail in the, There's too much details that don't matter at the end of the day. And to a degree, I can agree. I can definitely sympathize because I'm remembering when they were explaining at the near the end of 2.0, not 2.0, but the, the Realm Reborn storyline. And they were explaining how the etheric stuff works and and everything with that. Like two or three times they explained how the Ashians are able to survive every time we kill them. And it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and it was like in quick succession when I was doing this on my on my alt. So it's like, any new person playing through that story, yeah, that's that's a lot of, like, retread. I get why they did it, because in particular, if you were playing live, it's been two or three months since you last got, you know, an update. It's, it's like a, a refresher for the people who were playing live. But now it's like, okay, I heard this, like, ten minutes ago. Why are we going over this again? Uh-huh. <laughs> so there, there is obviously some, some strength to the, the counter-argument about, you know, skipping some pieces of story at least. That's why I said that if that, that's actually a good idea by Boomy to, to say, you know, put a, a, a required but a summary, you know? I mean, I'm just going to say some bits of the story, such as, like, fetch quests and, like, you know, the little bits of dialogue, like, I skip over that. Not all the time. Most of the time. I rarely skip the main story quest. The sides quests are like, okay. With the exception of Hildebrand. You never skip a Hildebrand story quest. Ever. Um, you never skip a Sir Amaric quest ever. But Sir Amaric is always the main story quest, which I already said I don't skip. <laughs> good, good man. And here I am just like you don't skip the um how housing cut scenes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else in the live letter show? Nope. All in all, it was a great live letter, and I am even more hyped for expansion. Yeah. I think we all are. <laughs> I mean, I have a tempered hype because 
we know that the salt blocks will come out of the woodwork as per usual with every expansion saying, oh, they ruined it because this. It's ruined! And the only reason I go in there with a tempered expectation as opposed to like super hyped is because I know that I'm going to read it and it's going to make some sense when I first read it and then I'm going to get depressed. And I'd rather just at least be like, it could be good, it could be bad, we'll find out what goes on. So when the salt blocks come in, I'm like, yeah, I can see their negativity, uh, you know, the, the ne- their negative counterpoint, but it's still fun. <laughs> but uh, with that, let's um, let's take a look at that uh, video, shall we? The uh, moves video. Oh, the new job actions. Uh huh. We discussed it so much. That that video was so good. <laughs> we're gonna watch it now, or at least those of us in the stream are gonna watch it now. Let's take a look. Give me a sec, because that thing just got all out of my control again. Wait, what happened? It's froze. There it goes. Just trying to lower the volume, because that came out really loud. Alright, first things first is Samurai. What? Oh no, it's just showing the samurai and then went to Red Mage. I'm a moron. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's what I was talking about. Red Mage, man. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad we got to see a lot more of Red Mage in this than we did in the benchmark and everything. You hear about uh, its trait, the chain spell trait? I don't know. I just, I'm not feeling the Red Mage. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, I might not main it, but I'm gonna play it. it. It might be a good little middle ground between someone who likes to do caster and someone who likes to do, I don't want to say melee, but something as quick as melee, you know? Because honestly, yeah. there's only one or two melee hits in there, like of actual techniques, you know? Because that's my promise. I haven't found a melee that I'm actually like, yes, I could main this. And I just haven't felt that with any of the melee classes in the game yet. So, I don't know, just the whole mix of them both, it, it, I'm just, it's not me. Yeah, the, uh, Dragoon doesn't look like it's changed too much. It has a couple of cool new moves, but nothing much has changed visually, anyway. Yeah, that's what he said. He said dragons are pretty much most of the same. Let's Not many drastic changes. Dark Knight is kind of in that same boat of nothing looks super drastic. I mean, like, it's got a couple new sweeps and stuff like that. Though I have to say, let's see when it comes up. I have to comment on these sceneries, though. Like, how beautiful are they? Oh, oh yeah. Man. I think the zone that the Dark Knight is in is 
probably going to be my favorite new zone. Like, look at those clouds. I mean, I think yep. that's called fog. <laughs> okay, Mister. That Technical. one right there. Oh, that flip move that's not that flip move that's not plunge right there at the end. Oh, beautiful. Okay, here's the bard. I'm glad that they made bard more like it looks more like a bard, like with all the music that it plays now. I mean, yeah, I know but... it plays songs before, but like it looks like they're gonna be so much more supported support now. Yeah, I hope that the, because I'm noticing, or I noticed, and actually people on Reddit noticed, that uh, the moves seem to, have, that usually don't affect the enemy, like Army's Payon, when they turned it on, Wanderers with Minuet, it all it, it all affected the enemy, even though it really shouldn't, by, like, by current standards. I mean, I think they're changing how the card works. Yep, we'll have to see what happens there. The Scholar is another one that didn't change too much, other than this nice little fairy tether thing. Oh, and Libra, you saw that? Yeah, there's that too. Oh, and Scan comes up. That's another big one. I want to know what that does. No, I mean, I was... That's, yeah, Libra is Scan. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought we were talking about the earlier thing. Yeah, here's that Broil thing that looks a little bit different, but it could be Broil reanimated, or it could be like a Broil too. We'll have to figure it out when we get there. Here's Ninja. Uh, prep work. Ninja looks so cool. Yeah, everyone's saying that it got the, uh, the Naruto frog. Oh, it did. Yeah. It totally did. Yeah, my I major... Really the, the, the thing that I'm going to find interesting is does it actually slow down any bit? Because the biggest issue with the server move has been um, the, the, the tick with especially the mudras. Because they're on a half-second cooldown before you do the ninjutsu. Yeah. I really like the direction that they're going with for machines now. It's interesting. It seems to have slowed down a little bit, surprisingly enough. I mean, Nasuka will be happy he's got his self-heal. Ha! <laughs> You mean that Nasca wasn't already one of the best healers by uh, healing machinists on, you know, FFLogs at all? <laughs> Using all the potions he has? Yep. The heat gauge that machinist gives kind of reminds me of uh, the bounty hunter from uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Mm. So many explosions. <laughs> I bet warriors are happy right now. Charge. Spell Queen. Uh, yes and no, considering the fact that you've also got the, uh, the nerf and damage overall since everything's shifting back to strength again. I forget who it was, but I know I was like, I think it was Magnus. I was sitting in the channel with him when we were watching the live letter, and he was just counting the Felkies. He was like, just losing weight. At least I think it was Magnus. But anyways, whoever was in the channel with me was. I gotta say, I like this song. Oh man, I'm so excited. 
that looks interesting. Did someone say Bahamut? Forgive me, Lord Bahamut. I mean, one of the things I did notice with this Bahamut summon is he had he was no longer in Treadworm stance, nor was did he have any Aetherflow stacks. So this is going to be something completely separate. So I'm wondering if maybe you have to spend your Treadworm before you can activate this. Maybe. Oh yeah, I think it'll take two Treadworm, like kind of like you get an Aetherflow stack after using Aetherflow. You get something after using uh, Death Flare. Spin two of them to summon Bahamut. So, oh, I'm predicting it already. We are going to be saving so many Black Mages and so many Dragoons as a White Mage with that fucking pull. They're just going to use it as an excuse now. They're just going to stand in the poop. And we're going to have to save their ass. You say as white mage, but according to my fault, that's actually one of the shared roles. Unbelievable. Oh, I think <laughs> that would be a little strange. I don't think so, because they haven't shown off any uh, shared move things in here other than like uh, Swift Cast, but that doesn't really count. And then the black mage rotation gets even more complex. Uh, Actually, happy. less complex considering that to keep up a Noki and all I have to do is freaking con not convert. Excuse me. Uh, uh, crap, I forgot the name of the other one. The one that just switches you from ice to fire. But either way, that yeah, no, it's it's simpler from my from my point of view. But they've made things better with the Noki, and I think didn't they? Oh, my fault brought up uh, in particular. Apparently, it's a po possibly a five hit combo for the Dragoon. Oh, wow. Well. I would be happy with uh, White Mage being a little more supporty and less DPS. Now, something about this Astro, the, the thing on the ground makes me think of freaking Wildfire because they put it down early and then by the end it goes off. Yes. Samurai, our other new class. This actually doesn't look all too complex because basically you're building up the sword meter and then, you know, certain abilities or ending a certain combo, I assume, will fill up the other three circles. This is the new class I'm more excited for. Are you gonna switch to a samurai tomato? Can't. I'm gonna try it, but I'm not gonna try it right from the get go. 
I'm debating on whether or not I'm gonna level up my white mage or my summoner first. I guess, I guess. Ah, Dragoons are not, now no longer the only one with the Cherry Blossom. This is true. And Paladins are last. I'm actually pretty excited for Paladins. They get that, uh, Mini Holy. And yeah. a huge uh, like tonal sacred soil type thing. <laughs> I remember Mike is doing live there. He's like, no, I can't see it. Where is it? Where is it? It's like so huge. Like, how can you miss it? <laughs> if anyone says they can't see it, I'm just gonna laugh. Alrighty. So with that, let's take a look at the uh, what Reddit decided to translate out of the little things. So what do we got here first? We'll start with the tank roll actions real quick. Before I get started, let me uh, put those pictures back up. Of course, I already changed it. I'm a moron. Oh, well, too late. Gonna fix it up now. Might as well. Alrighty. So with the tank roll actions in the upper left-hand corner, there we go. Uh, we've got low blow, which is the stun, uh, five second durations with a 25 second cooldown. So basically every tank now will have an off GCD stun. The question is whether or not uh, Paladins will keep their on GCD stun. Provoke is going to be on there. That doesn't change at all compared to how it is right now. Convalescence, uh, healing will be, uh, the healing received increased by 20%. 20 second duration, 120 second cooldown. Anticipation is a new one. We didn't see what it does, but that's a new one there. Reprisal, which is another Dark Knight technique. That's the one that reduces outgoing damage by 10%. Five second duration, 60 second cooldown. I assume that you won't need to parry to get that out there, though. Yeah, I think I read that. Yeah, we got um, Interject. Silence a target for one second, 30 second cooldown. So that's every tank's silence ability. <laughs> Ultimatum is the AoE provoke that everybody's kind of talking about. Five Yalms in radius around uh, the tank itself and is on a 90 second cooldown. And Shirk, oh, wow. which we have no idea what Shirk does yet. Shirk? The Shirk uh, icon looks a lot like uh, Shadewalker, just, you know, off-colored. It'd be pretty interesting if it was uh, an aggro, aggro transference type thing to be used for like... So basically block. like a third provoke, but a reverse provoke. Yeah, target another tank and uh, give them your hate. Daddy, let's Oh god, you could probably target anyone. <laughs> Just shrug at the monster and it's like, oh look, a white mage. Or it might be the same as the uh, enmity requirement for uh, the sa the saving uh, one for white mage or healer, depending. There has to be an enmity, enmity requirement before you can do it. We'll have to see. So, speaking yeah. of, the healer roll actions, cleric stance, that got put there and has been changed from a stand stance to increasing damage dealt by 5%, 15 second duration, 90 second cooldown, since now all healer's damage is derived from mind. I am thrilled. Couldn't be happier about that change. So am I, because too many times I've been uh, 
okay, okay, okay. Have to switch out at the last second, and I double tapped it. God damn it. <laughs> but uh, then we have Break. Unexpected magic damage spell with 50 potency. Puts a 40% heavy for 20 seconds. Uh, and it's on the GCD. Protect is there. Isuna is there. Then we have Lucid Dream. Halves your enmity and refreshes MP with potency of 80. 21 second duration. So Lucid Dream is basically your um, Shroud of Saints. That means that both uh, Scholar and Astro now have a actual Shroud of Saints that dumps enmity as opposed to reduces what comes out next. Then you have Swiftcast, Eye for an Eye, Affection. There's nothing there, though, as far as the tooltip. Surecast, uh, yeah, Rescue. Pulls target par- uh, party member towards you. So that is a cross-roll action for healer. Where are we? Oh, man. It's got a 150-second cooldown, though, so you can only, you know, <laughs> troll every so often. I'm sorry, white mages. So then after that, we have our melee DPS roll actions. They keep second wind, get uh, an ability called arm's length that we didn't get to see a tooltip for. Leg sweep, stun target, three-second duration, 40-second cooldown. Diversion, probably the same as caster version, so when we get to caster... You know what? Let me go down to caster to be fair. Described as same as quelling strikes. I'm sure that's not what it said in the tooltip, but uh, 15 second duration, 120 second cooldown. Uh, so monks now have a uh, quelling strikes. <laughs> Think about that. That's nice. Invigorate, bloodbath, and goad stay as they were. They just become cr- cross classes or excuse me, cross roll. Resti- restraint, diversion, faint. Hmm, that one I guess wasn't translated quite yet. Uh, Clutch and True North removes positional requirements. 15 second duration, 150 second cooldown. So that's basically like a, a another, um, or at least for monks, another... Uh, God, what's the name of that technique that they got that allows them to do that? That basically uh, ignore the, the stance requirements at least. Oh no, no it's not. I just changed it. The, the Positional requirements are separate from stance requirements, so you probably have to still have to go through your stances with perfect balance that I just fucking remembered. Um, so you, ha- you still have to go through that. The Your stances, you just don't have to worry about positionals. You can stay at the back. For Monk in particular, obviously. Next up, ranged DPS roll actions. They also have second wind. They get foot graze and leg graze out of Machinist, so I wonder what Machinist is going to get in place. Proton increases self and party members' movement speed. Cannot be used in combat. 30 second duration, 5 second cooldown. So, I assume that that's that Swift Song looking thing. Oh man, birds are going to be losing Swift Song? Well, yes and no, because this is a duration thing. Bards can keep that up indefinitely. Well yeah, but you think they might be losing it? It's a possibility. I mean, like, they're using the same um, icon, but they could be just using that as a placeholder until they finished up that icon, but I don't know. Then again, it's really late in the game to be putting in placeholder icons. I mean, at the same time, it kind of does the exact same thing, just with the duration. Mm-hmm. I mean, it only has the five-second cooldown, but, like... But but can't be using... You know what? It says it can't be used in combat, but yeah. it's got a cooldown and a duration. So does that mean I can cast it right before going into combat and everybody still gets it and it's still active or does it does it do like the current sw- uh, swift song and and go down as soon as someone enters combat only time will tell so then you've got invigorate obviously tactician which there was nothing yet 
refresh, nothing yet. Head graze, another thing borrowed from um, Machinist. Arm graze is new. Stuns target, uh, two second duration, 25 second cooldown. Um, and then Palisade. Palisade? 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 Hmm. Anyway, uh, reduces physical damage received by target party member by 20%. Oh, nice. So basically, oh, that explains why casters then are getting a pocket stasis. The ranged DPS get the physical protection, uh, you know, buff thing for a target party member. And the casters get a pocket stasis, which is the magic one. That makes sense. So that's nice. Uh, Addle, going into caster role actions. Addle reduces target intelligence and mind by 15%. So basically, uh, um, scholars and, and summoners are losing virus to some degree. Break. Yep. Unexpected magic damage spell with potency of 50 applies 40% heavy for 20 seconds. It's on the GCD. Drain. Unexpected magic damage with 40, uh, 80 potency. Excuse me. A uh, portion of the magic damage dealt is converted to health. It costs 600 MP. That's kind of interesting. But we know that that summoners didn't lose energy drain, but that's basically energy drain, right? A lower potency energy drain? I mean, energy drain also gives MP back. I guess, yeah. Okay, so then diversion, we mentioned, same as quelling strikes. Lucid dream, halves your enmity and refreshes MP with potency of 80. So even more reason for summoners to never run out of MP. <laughs> and why would black mages use that? I mean, other they than would the not. Enmity. That's the point. Other than having the enmity, that's probably the only reason they take it. But the MP, they wouldn't need it unless they're trying to shoot for like a triple flare setup, kind of. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's see- just there for red mage. That's true. We're not sure about the costs of red mage abilities yet, and how much they will be bleeding mana, if at all. Um, swift cast, mana shift, transfer 20% of your max MP to target party member. Okay. So casters are going to get some, so healers no longer have, have to ask for bard to get mana. If you have a caster in your party, say, give me your goddamn mana, black mage. You don't need it right now. <laughs> Apocasasis I mean, is it, as I mentioned, got transferred over. Sorry, go ahead, Boomy. No, especially Black Mage, they can just pop back into Umbral Ice and like that's no that's nothing. Exactly. That's why I said specifically said Black Mage, give me your MP, you don't need it. <laughs> then the last one is erase, removes dots from target party member and cannot be cast on yourself. So casters are gonna be pseudo Isunaers, I suppose. Mm, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like having a little bit more utility like that. Oh, the one thing that I didn't see out of Paladin, because Paladin is supposed to be next up, but considering how much stuff is in, in, in this stuff, I don't, unless we start hearing from, from our viewers or from each other on particulars we want to know, I'm, I'm loathe to go through this list because it's a long-ass list. But um, I was actually thinking that possibly, and I think I even mentioned it on the last podcast, that... I thought Paladins were going to get a gap closer as well, but it doesn't seem like they did. Because Passage of Arms, of course, isn't that. Riscat isn't that either. Holy Spirit and Total Eclipse. None of those are... I don't remember them mentioning them getting one. Yeah, No, there wasn't any mention, but I thought that it wouldn't... It doesn't make much sense to me that Paladins would be the only tank without a, pa- uh, without a gap closer, but apparently it does to Square Enix. Then again... Of the 
moves that are translated but here. don't but aren't they getting the aoe provoke that's shared though that's the tank roll yeah. then but like i said of the stuff that was translated for paladin only 62 and 62 66 is missing because we have the level 64 technique Holy Spirit level 68 technique, Riscat, uh, Requiescat, sorry, and then uh, level 70 technique in Passage of Arms. So we're still missing two, which could be the gap closer, but I didn't see anything in the actual video to, to confirm or deny that. Isn't that uh, Latin for peace? No, rest? <laughs> Possibly. But yeah, so there's not, there's a lot of, you know, new things, but. You know, that's about the size of it. Yeah. The the only one that I probably would have wanted to go through would be Red Mage and Samurai, but that's that's a list unto itself. That's... Oh, yeah. M maybe we'll save that for the next podcast, because, good lord, that's going to be super long. <laughs> so, with that, let's uh, shift gears a bit, because that was not the only thing to come out in the two-week little uh, setup. We've also got the uh, first trailer for, you know, story-wise, out of, out of, um, oh, good lord, what's the name of the thing again? Revolutions. I'm a moron. Revolutions. Do you guys even remember that that even came out? Oh, well, yeah. The, uh, the heaven song of Stormblood. The answers of Stormblood. The Susan Calloway song of yes. Stormblood. <laughs> Yeah, essentially. And that's the way it is. Let's take a look here. I was thinking about... Should we watch the whole thing? Sure. Why not? Let's do this. Let me know when you uh, get Sorry the video playing. up and running. Oh, snap. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing when we're so far away from each other that you have to watch the stream just like everybody else just to see if it's playing. Song, <laughs> it is. Nothing's ever really topped answers for me. I mean, like, they're great, but answers still is my favorite. I mean, I'll say I prefer this one to Giant Song. Cough, cough is, 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 is Bahamut. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Bahamut, really. I, I listen to I it mean, on its own. Dragon Song and uh, Revolutions don't have. Oh, we got the new Garlean coming up here. Xenos. God, that hairstyle. It still drives me nuts, the, the monk hairstyle. For Derplander. It looks so dumb. Do you don't like it? No. I think it looks alright. I, I don't like the cornrows on one side of the head. <laughs> Cornrows part. Mm -hmm. I just yeah, saw I like, like I just saw the shaved. Yeah, no. 
I want those glasses. I want that outfit. <laughs> yeah, we got Alice a confirmed as Red Mage at this point because she now has everything. Ah. I want those weird coral structures. The, 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 this bothers me that they're using the exact, you know, freaking animations from the thing for the trailer. It's like, uh, I know why, because it's going to be cutscene in the actual game, but it's kind of weird to see, you know, like those gladiator moves. It's going to be so weird seeing her like that now. Who? Ida, but not Ida. Oh, Lise. Okay. The one thing I'm curious about is that Lise was all about going into Alamigo to rescue everybody. And here she is, you know, on the other side of the freaking world with us doing this crap. It's just like... How did we convince her to do that willingly? Am I the only one that's bothered that all these Ora are wearing Tavnarian headdresses? You do know where they are, right? Uh, that's not Tavnar, though. That's Othar. Granted. No, Tavnar's in the ocean. It's like in between all this shit. <laughs> but aren't these also the ones that travel? Or am I thinking of the other... The nomadic tribe? Uh, no. I might just be too picky. <laughs> Could be. Oh my god. Please, Square Enix, give us a spoken pipe emote. Come on. Of course. Of Boom. course, Boomy. Yep. I mean, this NPC woman gets it. Like, I just, I just want to be her. <laughs> Isn't that one of those really old cigarette things, though? Like, from the 20s? I mean... Well, it's God a Japanese damn. version, technically. Goddamn what? Booming. Yeah. For your freaking pipe, uh, pipe smoke. I love how Thancred only shows up like once or twice throughout this entire thing. Like we see everybody like multiple times, especially like Lise, Alize, and Alphano. But Thancred barely gets like one or maybe two scenes. Alrighty. So what'd you think, uh, show? You had a couple things to say about that one in particular? I adore Lisa's outfit. That's true. It's the first one that looks more or less pretty modern, as opposed to what's been in game previously. Yeah, let me get that screenshot up real quick. Let me get that up. There we go. Actually, the more I looked at it, the more it um, it's actually pretty similar to what she's got now. The short shorts, the the armored legs. The only difference is the fact that she's got you know a lot more navel showing. <laughs> 
And no headpiece, of course. You know my true identity. Here, look at my belly button. <laughs> the true goad. Come, come hit me and see what happens to you. Then, what else there? Sanatia Galvis seems to carry a total of three swords at this side, each with a specific ability. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Kind of reminds me of uh, another anime that we kind of follow here, or, or not everybody does, but a lot of us do in uh, in Pi Ruby with uh, Yang's mom, Raven. She has that uh, sword that kind of shifts blades. Granted, here it's three separate blades, but it'd be interesting to see if it's got that similar kind of setup. Man, I can never get over the Garlean armor. It looks so funky. It reminds me of the Judge armor from Final Fantasy XII. I mean, yeah, but that was just ceremonial armor. They wear it like battle armor, and it's weird to me. Anything else you notice, show? Alyssa being a red mage actually makes sense. Her sword is comprised of Aether. Rather than needing to channel the other of others to unleash attacks like back in patch 3.4, she has a magic at crystal medium now. You know, it occurs to me, what if the storyline for the Red Mage is basically you and Alice? Because there's a lot of speculation that says Alice will, will be the trainer for Red Mage because she seems to be the quote-unquote first Red Mage, at least that we've seen. Maybe. Yeah. But assuming that, I wonder if this is another one of those uh, job slash class quest line where you're kind of learning alongside the person who's supposed to be teaching you. Hmm. Obviously, it's yeah, it's based around the assumption that that's the case. But you know, we have nothing else to go on right now. So, oh, by the way, Toa uh, brings up that the um, the Lighthorn ones are the ones that uh, settled, and Zela, the Blackhorn ones, are the ones that move around. The nomadic one. Hmm. The nomadic one, so. Maybe they just run Aquapolis a lot. And yeah. Just mm. keep getting Thavnarian silk. Who knows? It's true. <laughs> what else was there? I suspect that Ishtola will die. Oh. Not just because of the less than stellar history regarding people who save others, that is, Luiswa and Papaliumo, but also because of something that Matoya said to her. Way back in patch 3.0, I need not tell you that it consumes your very life force to see by sensing the Aether around you. She gonna die. Yeah. We kind of knew that that was going to come sooner or later, because obviously the fact that she's so obviously blind and using the Aether to see, to the point where she doesn't turn around to look at people when she doesn't need to. But that block looks... It depends on what the sword is made of, because... She's been able to block bullets pretty easily on her own. Because that sword, it depends. It's it's a little funky. You guys have a different in uh, and we really need not mention this part, right, Shell? I know I'm not the one only one who has said this. But that NPC looks an awful lot like Mitsurugi from the Soul Calibur franchise. Yeah, I think everybody kind of poked fun at that for a while. <laughs> I mean, it didn't help that he's a samurai. If he was like anything else, they would have been like, oh, look at that, another Japanese-looking character. In a Japanese game. How surprising. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to see how it goes. It's going to be interesting to see how, how they balance us bouncing back and forth between the Alamigo and Othard. I mean, I assume by both. I, but I mean, like... How do they explain why the hell we're charging into Alamigo to try and free it because, you know, 
Mr. Slope over there decided to fuck everything up. And before we fail, like, stuff doesn't go well, and we're like, shit, shit, shit. Okay, hold on, let's go to Doma for a second, and, like, see what's Maybe up over there. Maybe we need help. Get... Yeah. Maybe we need help, hmm. But I assume it has something to do with the wall as far as whether or not we need help, but like a wall around Alamigo. Because for us to take off, so I assume, you know, relatively early in the story, it's going to be kind of funky. Too many things, too many thoughts. <laughs> too many, hmm, I don't even know. I don't know anymore. I mean, we didn't even get to see all that much. Is there a Is there a what now? Never mind. Let's take a look through chat real quick. See if there's anything cool going on. Ah, ha, ha. Toa called it before you were able to. There, show. Ishtola. He says, let's hope Ishtola doesn't get harsher fonted. <laughs> Rip. I guess my posted this uh, translation that I read from before I got to the translation. What else is here? Oh, apparently uh, Block is going to be removed from uh, PvP. I said, I said Block. I'm an idiot. Uh, stun. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Man. Now my dreams of being upheld and stun machine are dead. Yep. That's all gone. My fault speculating. Direct hit would be great for Summoner and Bard if it affects the dots. But that's speculation again that we have no idea. I mean, I would be pissed the fuck off if it did not affect dots. So, let's end with this. What do you think will be the most difficult part of trying to complete the 4.0 storyline? Let's roundtable this. I guess the silence means I'm going first. I got nothing. You don't. You guys don't even have any speculation on that, on what would be the most difficult part. I mean, of leveling? No, not of leveling, because usually you do a lot of the main story, your daily roulettes, and you're good. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, expand on your question a little bit. I mean... There's going to be a lot of difficulty. If Heaven's Word taught me anything, there's going to be a lot of difficulty doing anything come launch. Between getting in, the long-ass download to get it started, uh, the fact that they will probably uh, have an AFK kick timer uh, activated again, um, okay. the, fact that, the fact that I completely forgot about doing my dailies and got level locked again. I think I know what will be the most difficult thing. Uh-huh. Learning the new rotations. At least for a couple of weeks, it's going to take people a little bit to figure that out. Yeah. It's going to be super interesting for that in particular because you've got stuff like... I'm trying to remember. Like, Monk didn't change too much going from 2.0 to 3.0. Like, just got a bunch of extra off-GCDs for the most part. And, uh, but nothing like super huge, plus the, uh, you know, obviously get rid of all my stacks for a last big hit before, you know, the boss goes away. But Black Mage didn't change at all until you got to level 58. <laughs> and then changed again once you got to level 60. So then you're sitting there like, this whole thing just changed on me in the last second. I have no idea what I'm doing. So learning will almost have to be completing at the same time. <laughs> It depends I still on the... have no idea. I still have no idea what I'm doing on Black Mage. Yeah, well... I agree with Puzzle. I say it's going to be learning the new meta. Oh, new meta? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the overall new meta is going to be what's difficult. Like, not just the rotation, but, like, figuring out what stats to prioritize once you're at the end of the road. 
Like, obviously, while you're leveling, just take whatever's best for you, you know? Wow. That, that in the newest dungeon, did that piece of gear drop for you? Is it a higher eye level? Freaking take it. It doesn't matter. The higher freaking uh, main stat will outbalance everything while you're leveling. But when it comes to endgame, what are we going to do at that point? Because we've got the new restatting between the new stats that were there, the fact that piety is now a substat only for healers. The weights are going to get all messed up. Obviously, you know, we planned around this almost, the fact that we're going to have to redo weights. But... And if everything slows down as a result, because some people are speculating that the focus will be less on, and I think Magnus said this in the channel earlier, but that the focus will be less on nailing your opener and more on how can you sustain damage. And this goes across the board, not just for dot classes. Toa says it's yeah. probably going to be regearing the gatherers and crafters. Puzzle. Yeah, that's easy. You sure? Yes, it That's easy. Haven't you spent this entire expansion gearing, though? You're talking to an Omnicrafter who lives and breathes in crafting and gathering. That's going to be easy for me. What about the melding? Melding is not going to be needed ASAP. Like, I, you can take your time doing that. Yeah. I'm sure if it ends up anywhere near the same as uh, 2.0 to 3.0, that right side is going to be relevant all the way through 60. If it's and correctly. And I've been hoarding material like God knows. Yeah. And yeah, if, if I remember anything from Heaven's Word, like my gear lasted me until I reached like level 56-ish. Yeah. We also got the, uh, the new forms of gathering, at least in the way for fishing, you got the spear fishing. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. I wonder how that mechanic's going to work or if it's going to be anywhere near the same as, as, um, either the other gatherers now or the fishing as it is. I think at the end of the day, there's not going to be anything we haven't seen before. It's just a matter of adjustment. I'm very much in agreement with you guys. I'm trying to find the right words. Because in Stormblood, everything changed to some degree. At the end of... Um, a Realm Reborn, we had two separate things going on. We had the possibility that everybody was dead. All the uh, Scions were dead, which everybody rightly said, no body, no proof, you know. Till I see a body, there's, there's not really any, you know, death going on there. And sure enough, nobody really died. Then you've got the end of Stormblood, where we not only lost Horshafon and Stormblood, pff, sorry. The end of uh, Heavensward, where we lost Horshafon already, you know, in Heavensward proper. But we also lost Papalimo, and it's relatively certain, even with Papalimo, with the no body, no proof, that, yeah, no, they're gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, Louis Fod didn't leave behind a body, look what happened to him. Yeah. So, <laughs> more than likely, we're going to start to lose people as we go along in this. I mean, it, it, it even shows in the shift from 2.0 to 3.0 being a more of defensive nature to a more offensive nature. Because at the end of 2.0, we were running away because we didn't want to get, you know, hit for the assassination of, of, of what's your face? God damn it, I'm forgetting people's names now. Nanamo. Nanamo, I'll, I'll oh. Yep. Yep, we didn't want to get hit for that, so we just ran away, defended ourselves up in, in Ishgard, and 
became as helpful as we could. But going into Stormblood, we are the pride of everyone that we're, we've come across, other than the Garleans, of course. We are going on a true offensive to Alamigo. There's a lot at stake here. It actually wouldn't surprise me. I know, I know that Cho and Toa both tried to call uh, Yishtola dying, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lisa goes at some point too. Plot twist: the character that actually dies is the Warrior of Light. How do you keep two words? Two words. Doom Train. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not how are you gonna kill the Warrior of Light? How in an MMO? How would you keep people playing if their character died? Okay, tabletop D&D, you know, <laughs> player killing is is a thing. And and I get that. It, it It's a thing in RPGs, especially like tabletop D&D and stuff. But you get the ability to create a new character. In an MMO, that makes no sense. I don't know, man. In between 1.0 and 2.0, everyone forgot about who you were. It could happen again. Four words. It's all a dream. It's... Uh. Fuck you, show. Seriously, a dream... That would literally be the worst thing to have in this game. More than it ending, almost. Because, good God, it's all a dream is always such a boring cliche. Like, the only time I liked that quote-unquote cliche was when the movie was about dreams. Freaking Inception. <laughs> See, that one made sense because the whole thing was about, you know, layers of dreaming. And that's fine if, you know, the end was whether or not it is all a dream. But when you've been playing this thing for so long or watching this thing for so long, regardless of media, and, oh, we're all a dream. It's like, ah, BS. Alrighty. So, any other last thoughts now that I've asked my, my little question that got us on a s small tangent on media in general? <laughs> no, I think that about wraps it up. Alrighty. So with that, uh, thank you everybody for coming out to the podcast. We hope to uh, see you guys around more. And uh, make sure if you have any questions for the next podcast, we're going to, like I said, or like I said, like we said last time, we're going to try to do this every two weeks or so. Go ahead and tweet us at XIV. That's T-O-N-B-E-R-R-Y P-I-E-X-I-V and you're going to use the hashtag PyCast X-I-V that's P-I-E-C-A-S-T X-I-V you can also reach me over at DarkForce95 D-A-R-K-F-O-R-C-E 95 you can reach show at It's Showtime I-T-S you can follow me on Twitter ah. no go ahead show you can do it Take it away. Go on. Nah. <laughs> I stepped on you. Go. Please. Alrighty, alrighty. So you can follow the show at Twitter at It's Showtime. I-T-S-S-H-O-U-T-I-M-E. Boomy, do you want to take yours or should I take yours too? You can follow me at Boomy, B-U-M-I underscore, podcast, P-I-E-C-A-S-T. XIV, and that's Twitter. Yep. I don't really, I don't really tweet much, but hey, you can be we, my first tweet. And you can also use that to tweet him questions, etc. Also, we can't reach Puzzle by Twitter. 
but you can reach her and anybody else using uh, the podcast discussion channel we have in our Wanderer's Palace now. Nice and beautiful. We will have a at podcast tag you can hit there for asking any questions that you want to answer in the next uh, podcast. And with that, we bid you adieu. Have a nice day, everybody.